Blog Talk Radio. Um, also like to uh, 
say that that song you heard, I hope it inspires you every day you listen to it before my program. And that was Good Fight by a great group called Unspoken, who could be checked out at www.unspokenmusic.com. Their song always inspires me, and I thank them for that. So today we're going to be talking about two different topics. Um, we're going to talk about grief and loss at the second half of this episode. And if you want to hear this episode after the broadcast, you can check it out at iTunes uh, by the same name, Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives, and also on Stitcher Radio also. This show is live, so if you're listening right now, um, you can definitely call in at any time at 516-418-5979. That is 516-418-5979. And I just want to say that I'm very blessed, folks, to be able to put out these programs for you. Like I said earlier, this is my 22nd episode, and God and God blesses me with this ability to, to do this for you. And like I said, this show helps listeners like you become well-informed and educated about the various health issues that plague us every day. And my goal for this broadcast and all broadcasts that come after is to educate, motivate, and inspire all of you to become champions of life with success and always good health. And you can always contact me at Facebook at Getting Healthy Today, uh, also on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at my YouTube channel. And if you want to email me, you can email me at zreads.comcast.net. So let's talk today about grief, and grief is the most, probably the most difficult thing to deal with in life, and we're going to talk about some of the major issues that face each one of us when we're going through grief. So I'm going to explain to you a little bit about what is grief, the griefing process, what are the stages of grief, what are some of the common symptoms of grief. We're going to talk about something called complicated grief, if you've never heard about that before. We're going to tell you how you can get support. I'm going to provide you some really interesting websites you could go to if you ever need help with this, and also other things that can affect you when you are going through grief. So when we're looking at grief, we're coping with the loss of someone or something that you love so much, and this becomes the biggest challenge sometimes. So often the pain of the loss that you feel can be extremely overwhelming, and you tend to experience a multitude of emotions, from shock to anger to disbelief to guilt and, of course, profound sadness. Now, the pain that you feel can also disrupt your physical health, which makes it much difficult for you to sleep, eat, or even think straight on a daily basis, which also impacts your functioning level at work and anywhere else you may be. Now, there are some normal reactions to the significant losses that you endure. Now. Those of you who want to understand a little bit more about grief, grief is considered to be a natural process to the response of loss. The emotional suffering you feel when something or someone that you love has been taken away from you. The more significant the loss, hence a family member or, or a dear friend or even a pet, can't forget that, the more intense your grief will become. And then you may associate the grief with the death of a loved one, which is often the cause of the most intense types of grief. Also, losses that could happen to you, which we'll talk about later in the second part of the broadcast, is divorce or relationship or breakup. Number two, loss of health. Three, loss of a job. Loss of financial stability. A miscarriage, a retirement, a death of a pet, 
a loss of a treasured dream, a loved one's serious illness, a loss of friendship, a loss of a safety after trauma, and selling the family. These are all things that could affect the process of grief. Now, the grieving process is, of course, an individual experience. There is no right or wrong way. And those of you who might have heard people tell you, just get over it, there's no such thing. We never get over it, but what we try to do is we try to endure it in a different way over time. And we try to learn possibly how we can honor the memory of that individual. Now, the, the process of grieving takes time, and healing happens gradually, and it cannot be forced or hurried in any such way. So there is no normal timetable for the grieving process to occur or to be felt that it's completed. Now, there are times where people measure grieving process in number of years, but whatever grief experience you receive, it's important to be patient with yourself and allow the process to naturally occur on its own. Now, I'd like to tell you something about some of the myths that are discussed out there about grief. Have you ever heard of this myth? The pain will go away faster if you ignore it. But the fact is that trying to ignore your pain or keeping it from surfacing will only make it worse in the long run. For real healing to take place, it is necessary to face your grief and actively deal with it, possibly through a professional if necessary. Myth number two, it's important to be strong in the face of the loss. Have you heard of that before? Well, the facts say feeling sad, frightened, or lonely is a normal reaction to loss. Crying doesn't mean you're weak. So those men that are listening out there, it doesn't mean you're weak about that you cry. You don't need to protect your family or friends by putting on a brave front. Showing your true feelings can help you and the ones you love. Now, myth number three. If you don't cry, it means you aren't sorry about the loss. Haven't you been in those situations where some reason you cannot cry? It, it feels difficult to do. That has happened to me in different times that I've lost somebody. But then later on, I find myself crying. Maybe it's because I don't want to cry in public. I don't know. But these are things that can happen. Crying is a normal process. This is a fact to sadness, but it's not the only one. Those who don't cry may feel the pain just as deeply as other people do, and they may simply have other ways of expressing it or showing it. Myth number four, grief should last about a year. Now, we just said that there's no timetable, so we know that this is incorrect. So the fact is there is no right or wrong time frame for the grieving process to occur. How long it takes can differ from person to person. Now, myth number five, moving on with your life means forgetting about the loss. Moving on means you've accepted the loss, but that doesn't, that's not the same as forgetting. You can move on with your life and keep the memory of someone or something you lost as important part of you. As we can move through life, these memories can become more and more integral part in defining the people that we are and who we knew. You're listening right now to Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives, Episode 22, Grief and Loss, and we're live. And if you'd like to make a phone call today, it's 516-418-5979. That's, again, 516-418-5979. So now, what I want to talk to you right now is about the stages of grief. 
some of us may not even know that there's actually stages of grief that we go through. A lot of us have gone through these stages that I'm about to talk to you about, but didn't, never, didn't even know that you were going through them. So if you've had some difficult times dealing with various emotions, such as denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, all these things are characteristics of what we call the five stages of grief. Now, the five stages of grief were created were coined by a psychiatrist by the name of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Her name is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. In 1960, she introduced what became known as the five stages of grief, and it were based on the studies of the feelings of the patients that were facing terminal illness when she was helping them. But many people have generalized them to other types of negative life changes and losses, such as the death of a loved one or a breakup. So if we look at the first stage, and that is denial. The first thing that a person says to them, either in the quietness of the heart or out loud, this can't be happening to me. So then the second stage is anger. Why is this happening to me? And who is to blame for this? The third step is bargaining. Make this not happen. And in return, I will do whatever. So I'll do whatever it takes to bring back the person that has passed. That's something that normally would say to God or to some force, higher power that someone would say to. The fourth is depression. I'm too sad to do anything. I have no motivation. I don't feel like doing anything. The person may not want to eat or sleep, anything like that. The fifth step is acceptance. I'm at peace with what has occurred, and I understand that this is a part of the life process, and I'm willing to face it as it's occurring. So if you've experienced any of these emotions, Following a loss, it may be helpful to know that your reaction has been a natural one at that, and that you will heal in time if you allow it to take its natural course. So, however, not everyone grieves, goes through all these stages, I may add, but that's okay, because contrary to popular belief, you do not have to go through each stage in order to deal and heal with this loss uh, and grief of someone that you know and love. So if you've gone through some of these stages of grief, you probably won't experience them in a neat sequential order as I have already illustrated today. I've only told you uh, one through five so that you can see the, clear ne- the clearness of those stages. So there is no specific order that a person may follow. They may start in one area and go to another based on where they're dealing with at the present time. So Kula Ross herself, never intended these stages to be one of a rigid framework or apply to everyone who mourns a loss. So in her last book before her own death in 2004, she said of the five stages of grief, quote, they were never meant to help tuck messy emotions into neat packages. They are responses to loss that many people have, but there is not a typical response to loss as there is no typical loss. Our grieving is an individual as our lives. So we know for a fact that grief is a complete roller coaster ride. So if you've ever been a roller coaster, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So instead of a series of stages, we might also think of grieving as a process as a in going on a roller coaster. There's ups and there's downs. There's highs and there's lows. Like many roller coaster rides, the ride tends to be rougher in the beginning, and then the lows can be deeper and longer as you go on. 
So the difficult periods should become less intense and shorter as time goes by, but it takes time to work through some of these losses that you endure. Even years after a loss, especially after special events such as a family wedding or birth of a child, we may still experience a strong sense of grief in terms of anniversaries of death. So today, even though I didn't meet my father-in-law, I have a tremendous connection with my father-in-law because I think about him and the unfortunate life that he had to leave uh, at an early part of his life. He died at 47 from lung cancer, eventually went to his brain and became brain cancer later on. So I honor him because I'm 47 right now, and I do take pride in my health and, and my life, and I'm trying to teach people how to see that as well. So, and I continue to work on that myself. And it's an up and, up and down uh, situation, up and down road. So I'm going to talk to you right now about symptoms of grief, and then we're going to go to a, a short, brief commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit more about this, and we're going to talk about the loss. So symptoms of grief. There is what's called shock and disbelief. So right after a loss, it can be hard to accept what has happened to you. You tend to feel numb and have trouble believing that the loss really has occurred. You may even deny the truth, like we talked about earlier in one of the stages. If someone you love has died, you may have keep expecting them to show up, that it's not really happening, that they're going to somehow appear around the corner, but of course it doesn't happen. You tend to have sadness. You have a profound sadness, which is probably the most universal and experienced symptom of grief. You may have feelings of emptiness, despair, yearning, or deep loneliness. You may also cry a lot or feel emotionally unstable. And the next one is guilt. Guilt is by far one of the hardest things to deal with. You may regret or feel guilty about things you did or didn't say or do. How many times have you heard someone say that they forgot to tell their father they loved him before they passed because they had a fight not too long ago? How many times do people like I said before, had fights and weren't able to clear those up before a person dies and they feel tremendous guilt. And the, one of the things that I've told people to do is write a letter to that person. Go to the grave and talk out loud. These are all things of ways to deal with some of those problems of guilt. And realize that what you were doing was a function of life. You weren't doing it. Had you known the person was going to pass, maybe you would have done it. A lot of times Things happen suddenly. We don't know that person's going to pass. So that's one way you can look at it, that this is a function of life, and you didn't have the knowledge that that person was going to die, so how would you know to say it sooner? And it's just a, a matter of understanding your own life. So maybe we can learn something from not saying something right now. Maybe we can be able to see the importance of saying things to people right now and not waiting till later. So maybe understanding procrastination. Don't procrastinate to tell people that you love them, you care for them, and regardless of the wrongdoings they do, that you care for them and you can forgive them over time. All right, anger. Even if the loss was nobody's fault, you may feel angry and resentful about it. If you lost a loved one, um, this can be an issue. Fear. A significant loss can trigger a host of worries and fears. You may feel anxious, helpless, or insecure. Physical symptoms. We often think of grief as strictly emotional process, but grief can often involve physical problems, including fatigue, nausea, and lower immune system, a weight loss or weight gain problem, aches and pains, and, of course, insomnia. Okay, I'm going to take a small 
brief commercial break. When we come back, we're going to finish with this topic and go right into loss, and we'll be ending our show. So if you want to call right now, it's live. It's 516-418-5979. You're hearing Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives. We're talking about grief and loss. I'm sorry, my commercial is not working right now. But we're going to talk about continuation of complicated grief. Now, complicated grief is the sadness of losing someone you love never goes away completely. But it shouldn't remain the center stage if the pain of your loss is so constant and severe that it keeps you from resuming your life. You may be suffering from what's called complicated grief. You may have trouble accepting the death long after it has occurred or or become preoccupied with the person who died, which disrupts your daily routine and undermines your other relationships that you may have. So the symptoms of complicated grief are the following. An intense longing and yearning for the deceased loved one. Intrusive thoughts or images of that loved one. A denial of the death or sense of disbelief. Imagine your loved one is still alive. Searching for your deceased loved one in familiar places. Avoiding things that remind you of the loved one. Extreme anger or bitterness over your loss. Feeling that your life is empty or meaningless. Now, distinguishing between grief and clinical depression, it's always easy as they share many symptoms, but there are ways to tell the difference. Remember, grief can be a roller coaster. It involves a wide variety of emotions and a mix of good and bad days. Even when you're in the middle of a grieving process, you can still have moments of pleasure or happiness. So if it becomes more of a depression issue, then, of course, you'd have to go to a professional and deal with that. Okay, so basically what we talked about today is the grieving process. Now there's something else called idea of loss. Now loss can come in many different formats. You have a loss of yourself, a loss of a job we talked about, a loss of a relationship. These are all very similar, and you deal with it in a similar pattern, and you go through the same kind of motions as you do the grief process. So people have said that any loss of self can very much mimic the same process that you would deal with if you lost a loved one. So when you feel like you've lost yourself, you may have just hit a bump in the road. You had hit something that caused you to feel different about where you are currently. So one of the things that I recommend or, or that researchers recommend is you go back to a place where you are able to do something and feel positive about it. And you want to incorporate affirmations, and you want to see where, where you've been successful in your life prior to that. There are times where we can go back to a place where we were doing better and reflect on that, and that tends to help us motivate us back into feeling less of that loss. And also, there are times when we have a loss of self, if we lost a job, we put so much emphasis on that job means so much to us that if we look at it, that if we, if we change the way we view that situation, that it's not our value based on what job we held, but the values that we brought to the job is more important to look at. So the value that we bring to the job and not the job itself necessarily, but the job represents something bigger. What we need to do is just get back into the process of trying to get a job, just get back into doing that. If you lose a relationship, realize 
There might have been some issues in the relationship that weren't working out. It doesn't mean that your future relationships will be the same. It just means that you are at that period of time not able to do certain things that were different that would help that relationship keep going. So remind yourself that you have the way that you can learn something from a loss and become gainful in your future. So hope today has helped you understand that we can gain and become better after a loss. We can learn something from loss. One thing I learned from, unfortunately, the loss of my father-in-law is life is too short, and you have to take full advantage of all the opportunities that are in front of you. Let me say that one more time. If you look at losses and you can get a gain, one of the positive things that I gained is i got to take care of myself. i got to take care of my health. And if I can impact someone else's life, take care of their health. You know, I help inmates right now try to change their life around from a criminal behavior to a more positive behavior in the community. And I'm getting a lot of people that feel like I can't do this. So I'm not giving up on those people just because someone thinks that inmates can't be turned around or people in the criminal behavior can't change their mind around. But you can. You have to be believing in someone else and believing in yourself, and that will bring you forward to a much greater and valuable life. So I look at my father-in-law's death at 47. It shouldn't have happened, but it's teaching me a lesson to keep myself healthy and remember what's important, family, life, and love for other people, helping humanity become better. So if you can impact someone's life today, make sure you tell somebody out there that you love them, you care for them, and don't forget to tell them how much they mean to you on every day before you go to bed. So I wish everybody a very happy and healthy Easter and rest of Passover. And I hope that everyone has a much better life each waking day. And remember, our program, Getting Healthy Today, Impacted People's Lives, is broadcasted live every day. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, every week on Saturday, 1130 to 12. And if you would like to comment or at least give me some ideas of topics in the future, feel free to reach out to me at Getting Healthy Today on Facebook. Instagram, and Twitter. And you can check broadcasts that I've done today and before. You can check them out on iTunes for the replay and Stitcher Radio. And, again, it's called Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives. I hope everybody has a wonderful afternoon. Enjoy weekend. Again, enjoy your Passover and Easter. Take care. God bless.
thank you again for listening to Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives. And you can check every episode live on every Saturday at 1130 to 12. Hope to see you again real soon. Winning a championship takes hard work, dedication, and commitment. Professional and world-class athletes use AdvoCare products. Why? Because they work. Scientifically formulated, independently tested, and proven to give us the results that we're looking for, to play at a championship level. Are you looking for results? AdvoCare. Use it. The pros do.